What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I had on the program Josh Rohr. Uh, Josh is a coach, competitor, meet director, USAPL executive board member. He is the founder of the Primetime Session, um, and I had a fantastic time interviewing. Very fun interview, and I love talking to guys like Josh because he's given so much to the sport. He has been involved in the sport for such a long time, and I think those are the best guys to talk to when you're trying to give back to the sport yourself or learn a thing or two about powerlifting. And I think he's a perfect guy to really have on because we talked about just how he got to start in powerlifting and how that transitioned to him having a role in meet directing and getting more of a role in the USAPL. We talked about the primetime session too, uh, two white lights favorite thing I think is the primetime session and talk about the rocky beginnings with that and how it progressed to what we see now and the influence it's had on the local level. Um, he's also a guy with really, really good ideas and he needs help with those ideas. So listen to this episode and if you could help the primetime session anyway, make sure to contact Josh because he is the man with the ideas and he is the man who's open to ideas, good or bad. So we had a really good conversation there. We also talked, of course, about USAPL, IPF stuff. Uh, good, interesting conversation there because I think there's a there's a misconception out there that every single USAPL, USAPL board member is totally in agreement with the USAPL leading the IPF. And Josh isn't one of them if you take away some of those core principles. So really great conversation there about the USAPL and IPF. Uh, we discussed... What are the ways that the lifter can give back to the sport? What he wants to be remembered as um, in powerlifting? Awesome conversation with Josh. Hopefully, have him on again sometime. And remember, make sure you follow him. And if you have any ideas, hit him up. And before we get into that interview, gotta talk to you guys about Left Flar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leftflarbros.com, follow their Instagram page as well, and check out the merch that they have. The best powerlifting merch available is Left Flar Bros. Hands down, you look good in the gym if you wear it, and you look good outside the gym. It is a powerlifting clothing brand that transcends because a lot of them just look good in the powerlifting setting. Nuh-uh, not with Left Flar Bros. You're going to look good no matter what, and even on the platform as well because they got those comp tees. So make sure you are going on Left Flar Bros. Instagram page and checking out the designs they have, checking out the Left Flar family grow, and also Stay up to date with all the things they're doing in the sport. They're sponsoring meets. They're getting lifters and Left Flar Bros merchandise. They're doing great things for the sport as well. And you can get all this amazing merchandise on leftflarbros.com. And if you use promo code 2WL15 at checkout, you will save 15% off of your tees, your baseball tees, your comp tees. You name it, that 2WL15 code will save you some money. Also, they got two White Lights merchandise exclusively on leftflarbros.com. Use that same promo code, 2WL15, to get two White Lights merchandise. They got the Fight Night tee, the original logo, the new top rope tee. I just got mine in the mail. It looks beautiful. It's such a great design. And the dad hats, the banners, two White Lights merchandise on leftflarbros.com. Also, go to Rivalist.net and get yourself some informed choice supplements. Do not want to bake a drug test. They are still testing on the local level. So all you natty lifters out there, which I know there's many who listen to Two White Lights, get yourself some Rivalist informed choice supplements. They got pre-workout protein, branching amino acids, multivitamins. That informed choice label is there 
and that is important. Also, the supplements are great too. Use promo code ANGELO15, save 15% off of your order. Also, go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. I wear stoic gear in the gym and on the platform, and the reason why I do that is because it is the best gear out on the market right now. I love myself some stoic gear. I love the knee sleeves. I love the singlet. I love the wrist wraps. Use promo code ANGELO10 to save yourself some money at checkout if you decide to go with Stoic, and I totally think you should. Best affordable, high-quality merchandise or gear on the market right now. So make sure you are on StoicLift.net and use that promo code ANGELO10. Also visit Notorious Lift on Instagram, sign up for their newsletter, and get yourself some no-slip-drip slippers. They have the best best deadlift slippers out there right now and they look the best and that's why you sign up for the newsletter they drop these things you can't go on notorious lift and get whatever you want at all times it doesn't work that way you got to be on the lookout for those drops because i'm telling you you are going to find a design or a color wave that fits your gym attire or your platform attire perfectly and you will not want to miss out on that so make sure you're signing up for the newsletter and those things sign up sell out very quickly so make sure you are quick on it and get yourself some notorious lift note slip drip slippers. Also, make sure you are following us on Spotify, subscribing on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That's important. And also leave a review. Tell us how you like two white lights. It's always good for us. And also we have twowhitelights.com where you can listen to all the podcasts that we have. And without further ado, here it is, two white lights. And as promised, I got with me a man who has many titles, powerlifting competitor, powerlifting coach, part of the USAPL executive board, meet director, and the godfather of the primetime session. I got with me Josh Rohr. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, You know, I'll say this. I'm a little socially awkward, so if there's long, awkward pauses and stuff, just bear with me. Um, It's nothing you did. (laughs) (laughs) Perfectly fine. We are used to awkward pauses on Two White Lights. That's why I edit all the shows. Everyone sounds amazing when I get the editing because I just – it's actually the easiest part for me to edit. It's the gaps. Like when I I see no sound waves, I'm like, perfect. I get to remove that, and I don't even have to listen to the episode. Yeah, well, you, you're probably going to have a lot of them, so get <laughs> well, your work cut out for you. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I usually worry about that after I'm done with the. That's a future me problem. That's not yeah, a current that's, me problem. That's not a current me problem. Yeah, that's right? yeah, that's. I, I love future Angelo. Deal with that one. But so I mentioned all your titles that you know at the beginning there, and based on that, and we're going to get into you know your you know, roles and all that stuff. But based on just the titles that you have, you're a person who's given a lot back to powerlifting. And that's one of the things, that's one of the things that I like to talk to people about uh, is just people who give back to the sport of powerlifting. So I guess it's appropriate to go on this, go where you started here. How did you kind of get your, 
get your feet into powerlifting? Um, I, so I started as a competitor in high school. Um, my football coach signed me up for a meet. You know, I, I grew up on a farm. I was kind of the strong kid on the team, not real athletic. Um, you know, had all the, you know, had the speed, had the strength, couldn't catch a football if you handed it to me from a foot away. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he signed me up for a meet and I ended up winning my first meet. It wasn't a, it wasn't a sanctioned meet. It was just a local high school thing. Um, but that kind of got me hooked. And then, you know, from there in college, I found another girl that um, was competing in a USA powerlifting meet and I had no idea what anything was, you know? So I'm like, Oh, that sounds cool. I'll do it. Um, you know, ended up being, a. it was, I think the Ohio state championship. And then we ended up qualifying for collegiate nationals and, uh, went to collegiate nationals uh, my first year of college. So that was pretty cool. And that's kind of how I got started and hooked and um, kind of gone from there. Mm-hmm. So then how did you get yourself into the, uh, into a more uh, role in the USAPL? Uh, people calling me on my shit. <laughs> so <laughs> if I'm being blunt, uh, I, 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 you know, to this day, I can't remember who I was talking to. Um, might not have even been anybody that I actually know. It just might've been a random lifter at a meet I was doing. There's something about the meet that I just thought should have been done better. And I was, you know, I was young and cocky and thought I knew everything. So I'm just like, man, they should have done this, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I'll never forget the words of like, well, then why don't you quit bitching and do it better yourself? <laughs> um, and that just kind of, it was like a slap in the face, but it also like never kind of got out of my head. And I just been thinking about that for a while you know, at that point, and, you know, I'm just like, you know what, I, I, yeah, I will do it, you know, I'll, I'll show them how to do it right, um, and that's kind of how I got started, just almost just uh, somebody calling me on, you know, on my shit, and, and then, and that really got me thinking, too, like, you know, what else there is that we can do better, and that's kind of what I, I wanted to leave, I want to leave powerlifting better than I found it, Yeah. and I think there are a lot of a lot of things that can be done, you know, differently. I don't even want to say better, just differently, just to give a different flavor to it. Um, and, and I think that's something that to, to this day is still part of my thought process is like, you know, how can we branch, branch out and do things a little differently, make it more intriguing. And one of the things that, that I, you know, really, so, so I always, I always look at it from lifter standpoint first. Like I want the lifters to have a, a great experience. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't take rocket science to, to put on a good meet for the lifters. What takes a little bit of, a little bit of thought and detail is how do you entertain, you know, Jimmy's mom that doesn't know anything about powerlifting that just wants to come support her son. So that, that's kind of, you know, I, I try to think outside the box that way. Yeah. And, you know, that's, you know, I haven't, you know, I don't have all the, all the ideas. I, I've, I've probably had 20 stupid ideas that ne- didn't work out to one that kind of works, you mm-hmm. know, but it's worth trying, I think. Yeah, I actually think that's like the true form of innovation. It's typically 20 shitty ideas, then one really good one, and that one sticks. And then if you yeah. have someone kind of overlooking the ideas, like, okay, we got we to gotta find the guy who actually can pick out that good one. And I, I'm actually glad you mentioned that, uh, just trying to find, just trying to, you know, uh, leave the sport better than you found it. And I, I, I'm interested you said that because you're talking about like, 
things could be done better or even just thinking outside the box, what are some things that you've seen in powerlifting that you wanted to kind of change? Um, just making it – so some of the th- – some of the things that that I try to look at it, things that I enjoy. All right, I, I enjoy going to concerts, the big productions, the show. I love the music, mm-hmm. um, but I also love the show part of it. Um, so, you know, having good music, just simple things, having good music playing. Um, okay, well, what if the lifters chose their music? Okay, well, what if you know, what if the lifters had a different song for each attempt? What if you know? I know you, you, you do like mention like wrestling and stuff. What if each lifter had this 20 second highlight clip with music playing when they enter the stage? Like, and it just keeps going from there in my mind. Like, have I done those things? No. Like, could they be done? Yes. Like, Mm -hmm. is it a shitload of work to do? Yeah. But you know, somebody, somebody is going to do it. Yeah. Um, And you know, I don't know, I'm getting off track here, but uh, what was the original question? I get on these, I get on these rabbit. I know you're actually answering holes. them. I'm, I'm, I'm asking uh, like what needs to be thought outside the box and what you know innovations are you bringing, and you really answered that. Like that's something that powerlifters actually want is something like they get to pick their own music, they get a big production value, and I, and it's not surprising because you pitch the idea of prime time. And that, I think, has been one of the most popular things USAPL has ever done is the primetime session at Nationals. And you and you get that uh, production value that you're describing. Uh, just the meet itself at Raw Nationals is a highly produced meet, but primetime is ramped up just a little bit. They turned it to 11. Yep. Yeah, and I think – so all those things I just mentioned were part of my original primetime idea. Um, where I went wrong – like personally is like, I, I don't do very good with delegating things. Yeah. Like I try to do everything myself and it got to the point, like, like the lifter intro videos, for example, like it was about two weeks out and I'm trying to like get all the equipment together, like all this stuff. And I'm trying to also like put together these videos and I don't know shit about editing. Um, but I'm going to do it myself because I want to be the one to do it. And I think, I think that's where we just need more people willing to, offer to help because i'm bad about asking for help in general mm-hmm. like i just feel bad about it but if you know if you would have came to me and said hey you know what i think i think the lifter intro video is is a great idea like let me help you with it mm-hmm. great but i'm not going to ask you to do it because i just felt weird i would feel weird about it yeah you don't actually think because that i mean that's something that I, there's so many talented people in the usapl especially with the editing side because i mean there's several lifters with excellent YouTube pages and they have their guys who do their editing. I think if you put on like the USAPL's Instagram page, like we're looking for video editors to make, I mean, if you, and if you even be specific about it, it's like for a 20 second clip for a lifter in prime time, I think you will get some great volunteers for that because I think lifters just simply want that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, in hindsight, yeah, that would have been the thing to do. Um, and even going forward, like that's, yeah, that's probably the thing to do. My hesitation is still, it's, it's me asking for help. And that's a personal Joshua problem. Like mm-hmm. I just have a bad, I have trouble asking people for help. Um, yeah. I'm working on it. So yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a ton of people with talents like that, that 
they can do it a million times better than I ever would have anyway. Um, because like I said, I don't know anything about video editing. Like I don't know the first thing about it and how to, how to do all those things. So yeah, I think, and I'll be honest, like, I think it's, I think it's the discussions, like people just having this conversation, like as simple as it is that never even occurred to me just to post it on social media, like, Hey, we want somebody to do this. Uh, anybody interested? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that would be willing, but I will say this. If you have a talent that you think would be cool and I'm talking to whoever's listening, <laughs> like hit me up uh, <laughs> because I would just say this, like, we're open to ideas, like cool ideas. Like it's just the workload for, you know, our, our executive director and everything. They, they, they have a lot of things going on. Like they want these things to happen, these mm-hmm. cool things to happen, but we can only do so much ourselves. Yeah. You know what? And that kind of goes back to your first point of you being a cocky brass teen and saying yeah. that, you know, you want something to be done better at a meet. And those lifters exist by the boatloads in the USAPL. There's yeah. always an opinion on how to do something better. And, and I have no problem with it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. I'll, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm cool with it. But there's, there, there's a lot of bitching that goes around with competitors itself. But I'm actually curious because as this episode drops, I'm going to put on the Two White Lights page and my personal page, if you guys are video editors, have great ideas for prime time, I'm going to put your tag up there, and I want to see how many people email you or DM you saying, like, I'm going to do it. And let's see if they can put their money where their mouth is, because I think a lot of people want these things to happen, but of course, they are just going to naturally assume that someone else is going to do it for them, which is not the worst idea to have, because you're part of an organization, but I think we all know where powerlifting is, and it's not at a point we can just get a production company that easy to do it like this high tech production company to do it. I think that, you know, some of the lifters are going to have to volunteer, help out themselves. Then, you know, we can get the ball rolling and actually hell make a living out of it. Yeah. And I think too, just, you know, to your point about hiring a company to do some of those things, like power lifters know power lifting better than anybody. So if somebody with those skills are, you know, if we're trying to find somebody to do the best job, I think people that are already in the sport that know what, you know, the subtleties and, and what, what lifters want, what it's like to be from a, a crowd standpoint, you know, all of those things, you know, I think that would, I mean, it seems like a good fit to me. Yeah. I think we, uh, with the, the episode I did with, uh, Sean O'Regan and Russ Orhe about powerlifting being on ESPN, I was like, so part of me is worried if it ever gets the ESPN that they would get like an ESPN guy to do the commentary and all the stuff and just not know a whole lot about the sport, but they're professional. They know what they're doing as far as the commentary goes, where I think like, well, you guys can save yourself some money and have me do it and do the commentary. And I know the sport and I know the lifters just kind of cut through all the, you know, unnecessary production. But yeah, I agree with you. Like I think the power, the USAPL powerlifter knows the USAPL better than, perhaps a professional production company. Yeah. And I say that a little bit from experience. So I ran the uh, 2015 collegiate nationals in Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, USA powerlifting collegiate nationals. And we had, uh, you know, some of the things I did, I don't want to say I regret doing them 
but sometimes I, I overextend myself and, and take on more than I can chew and, and don't ask for help. So I paid $15,000 out of my own pocket to have that meet televised on, on TV nationwide. Um, what I didn't really think about though, was like the people editing it and putting it together. Don't know a damn thing about powerlifting. And, you know, if I offend anybody on the production team that did this, I'm sorry, but it was horrible. Like mm. it was like, I could have came in with my phone and talked and, and, you know, videoed and then had somebody that knows how to edit piece it together. And it would have been better. And just the, it just wasn't really well done. And again, it was the idea was there, but the forethought to have like somebody involved that really knew the sport and, and whatever, you know, it's just, you know, so again, that, that was, you know, again, I don't want to say it was regret because that was one of the things I wanted powerlifting to be on TV. Well, I checked the box, but was it really done? Well, no, it wasn't. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, just stuff like that. So like, it's, there's always, there's, there's ideas, then it takes people to implement the ideas. And then there's people to, you know, kind of check you and say, that's a stupid idea. Don't do it that way. Mm-hmm. Do it this way, you know? So, yeah. and, and I think you got to be willing, like, you know, I have, uh, so the gym I coach out of, um, quest athletics in Duluth, Georgia, Sherman Ledford, um, he's the state chair of Georgia. Well, I'm sorry, was the state chair of Georgia for, um, until this past year, but anyway, he, uh, he's always been really good about just, you know, I, I was pitching my ideas and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of times he's like, Oh, that sounds awesome. But occasionally he's just like, that's stupid. <laughs> like, <he just laughs> says, that's stupid. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then he'll, he'll kind of elaborate and I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. That's not a good idea. So yeah. he, he saved me from a lot of dumb ideas. Yeah. I think that's needed though. That delegation is needed in powerlifting. Uh, I think, you know, in a conversation that we've had, like, Occasionally, just having some people in the room and being like, that idea is not great. And kind of articulating why will actually say, like, sometimes the best ideas are the ones that don't happen. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I don't know how much you could elaborate on this, but I think the lifetime membership thing. If we had a few people, like, in the room talking about it, like, I don't think it's a good idea for nationals. Lifetime membership itself is fine. But for nationals, I think you're going to upset a lot of lifters. Like, okay, we just won't do it. Okay, yeah. like like that's a less that's a less uh less upset lifters. Yeah, and I, I'll be honest, like I think that got way blown out of proportion. Personally, um, mm-hmm. I, I get the the optics of it, you know, in hindsight, kind of look a little weird. But you know, at the end of the day, like, are people really going to pay that to do the meet when you still got to qualify? Any, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Th- th- that's also been beat to death. Like, yeah. That, that well, I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think, uh, I think two white lights was at fault for uh, beating it to death. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I blame you. <laughs> yeah. But, but at the same time, like if you had people in the room just saying like, it just like, if you know the lifter, like this is going to get blown out of proportion. They're going to, yeah. they're going to react a horrible way to this, even though it's unrealistic of who's going to sign up for it. Just, we know how the USAP lifter is going to act and they acted the way, we knew they were going to act like that's the thing. And I think 
even just with that, it's like, okay, we don't even announce it, and boom, you can still have the lifetime memberships. Because, again, I'm not necessarily against that. But, yeah, occasionally those uh, the, that delegation works um, with just ideas uh, within the Federation and just in powerlifting in general. But now, talk to me about uh, primetime. Because, you know, you, you, you alluded to it earlier, and that you had your original ideas for primetime, but how did that really come to be and what was your thought process behind it like what what exactly did you want to accomplish with that uh primetime session well so funny funny thing um i actually was i mentioned collegiate nationals in 2015 the idea was actually supposed to happen at collegiate nationals the year before um but I, I started pulling the lifters and coaches and everybody, you know, was, you know, I, I knew it was going to be a good idea in my heart. Um, but a lot of people really were against it, especially at the collegiate level because of the team competition mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. And I get that. So I kind of, I kind of backed down and didn't do it. Well, I did back down and didn't do it. I, I still kind of regret that. Um, but then fast forward to 20, 2016 with the raw nationals, like, I kind of started bringing it up again and a lot of people were kind of now like, yeah, it might be okay. And then a lot of people were like, no, don't, I don't want to do that. Like, why are we going to lift at night? Like lift in the morning. Um, and I was trying, so my vision for it, the idea, so the idea was actually not mine. I'll say that. Um, Dr. Patrick Anderson is actually the guy that put it in my ear um, he's the one that did the commentary on the live stream for the, the first primetime sessions, mm-hmm. um, at Raw Nationals. Um, but the idea was like that meet had gotten so big and, you know, and I think, it, I think the huge meet's awesome, but I still really wanted to do something for the, the top, top lifters that not was, was not only just for them, but was also for like, to really bring the sport, I guess more mainstream, but be able to better explain it and sell it and, and, you know, let people see it how I see it. Like I get, I I mean, I can, I'm, I'm a nerd. I can sit in a a room with no, no music watching a powerlifting meet, the most boring thing to most people um, with an overhead projector and looking at the numbers and follow along and know what's happening. And I'm in, I'm in heaven. Right. Mm-hmm. But most people aren't like that. Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta have, you know, you gotta have some entertainment value. And, and that's what I wanted to do is, you know, reduce that meat from five platforms down to one, you know, have all the eyes in the room on that one lifter. And, and to a degree, you know, I think those lifters deserve that. They, you know, you don't get to that level accidentally without working hard like you know and and i think me being the meat director that gave me the ability to kind of choose to spotlight them a little bit more and that was kind of what we wanted to do and you know we worked with the you know trey cunningham was the the live stream you know he did all the producing of the live stream and everything and he's a he's a power lifter as well so he knew you know what what the lifters needed you know so we're not in their way and stuff like that but also like how to present it where people that don't really know can kind of get the pieces they need with the correct commentators to kind of, I mean, you know, with the commentating, 
like commentating is everything for people that are watching. Like yeah. you got to have somebody that's, you got to have somebody that's entertaining, but somebody that's also like feeding you information and giving you, giving you the missing pieces of what you're seeing, you know? Um, so yeah, you know, and then from there, like, you know, kind of what I mentioned earlier, my mind just started going like, all right, we're going to do, you know, so, so some of the, let me just pause for a minute and go through some of the ideas that I tried previously in other meets that failed, um, that I was, you know, wanted to be part of this. So some of the, like I always use, uh, at the, at the state championships that I run, we always put lifter tunnels. Like, so all the lifters enter through a tunnel mm-hmm. and, you know, one year we did a fog machine in it. So like you kind of come, the lifter just emerges through the tunnel in this fog. Well, that was a great idea until one person started having like an asthma reaction to it, you know? <laughs> so it's like, okay, well shit, that was super cool until it was very not cool. Um, so, you know, those, are, those are some of the ideas that, you know, are, are really great on paper until you really screwed up that one person's day. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think about so what that, we saw with the Kern, uh, me and Garrett, when he recapped the Kern, like some yeah, of the pyro I, I, I stuff. About the, about the, yeah, yeah. So some of the pyro stuff too, it's like, okay, it's great. It looks awesome. I actually liked it, but at the same time, when something goes wrong with it, then you see like the con and then that kind of gets more spotlighted than yeah. the actual good idea itself. Like, they yeah, didn't, yeah I, the, I kinda, the fog machine, the, yeah, the, I heard the smoker machine, like, they were not a big fan of, like, the people who were there, but even the pyro at times, like, okay, say you set off pyro prior to the lift, and the person just dumps it, and you have fireworks going off when the person dumps it at the bar, just not the best right. look, and people will spotlight that more than the actual success of it. Yeah, um, but I, I will say this, um, props to them for doing it and trying yeah. it. Yeah, because I think I think so many people are afraid to try things that we don't get, you know, okay, in hindsight, maybe it wasn't the best idea. But damn it, you tried it. And, you know, I think I think based on the progression of it is actually good because, you know, we were giving them a hard time on two white lights for the bear. The bear that they had at the Kern, like, why is there a bear there? Is that your thing? Is that your spectacle as a bear? Like, I don't know. It's weird to me. I'm not, I'm not necessarily like an animal activist, but I just found it weird and I didn't get it. And they still, and the reason why is because of production value. So I think they heard that criticism and it was a mistake. A lot of people talked about it. They made fun of it. They memed it. And then the next years they put something in there that was a little bit more viewer friendly and something that lifters would like. And I think the pyro still was a big success I think the the smoke machine wasn't a fan, but like it was mixed reviews on the. They had ring girls at the last deadlifts. They had girls in like I actually didn't see them. Uh, Garrett told me about them, but like you know what you would see in a boxing match or mixed martial arts in a bikini sports bra or something, and they had the sign. And I'm like, I don't completely hate it. It's not exactly my cup of tea, but I don't hate the idea. Garrett didn't like the idea. People were like, oh, I think it's cool. Then you have other people on the side like. Oh, I don't think it's cool, but it's like, all right, well, you have that information at least now. You yeah. tried it. You have what's going on with like, all right, you look. That's an option now for meets. It could, it, it could be perfected a little bit. You know, yeah, maybe, it, it, maybe not at a family friendly meet. You want that? Who knows? 
<laughs> I don't know exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, it just depends on it depends on what you're what you're going after there too. I agree. Um, but but I'll even say like after you know getting back to the prime time, even after the the first um, so the, so the very first prime time, um, you know, it was coordinating all that was was a logistical you know nightmare. And the first day we were kind of short on staff. So like we had, we basically had extra loaders like come in and help the rest of the weekend, like to change the weights quicker mm-hmm. to, to make sure everything started on time. But the very first day we didn't have the extra people. So it ran slow. So we didn't actually finish lifting till like 2 AM. So that was the very first impression of prime time. And everybody's like, this is horrible. Like it's, it's going till 2 AM. And you know, I agree. That was not, not the plan. And I just think that had that been a one day event and that been the, the intro to primetime with no follow-up, I think primetime would have probably, you know, crashed and burned Mm -hmm. because it's such a fine line between getting it right and it appearing to be a total nightmare. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, so, so the pyrotechnics, for example, you know, that, and I didn't see the meat, but that, may still be a great idea yeah it, it might it might just need to be fine-tuned a little bit yeah um you know i don't know um you know and i just I, so so i kind of look at it from the standpoint of like we want to be able to do with all of these things for everybody around the meet that is not the lifter or the referees we don't want to interfere with what they're doing so you know we don't want to have a you know, a, a person with a microphone, you know, you're about to go attempt this weight, you know, what, what, what are you, what's going through your mind right now? Get the hell out of here. Like, we don't need that. Yeah. You know, the lifter still needs to focus on what they're doing after the fact. Yeah. You just, you just did this. How are you feeling? You know, after their third, third attempt or something like that, yeah. where they're going to have a break. But, you know, I, I think, you know, I, so, so that's kind of, you know, leading into the prime time, what I was kind of trying to work my mind around is like, what can we add without affecting the lifter in any, any way? Um, and yeah, you know, I think, I think we did a pretty decent job. Like, you know, we, we did have, you know, some of the other things that I fell short, you know, I'll just, we'll go down my laundry list of where I, where I didn't do a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, we did have walkout music for everybody in prime time. Um, but the issue was I was going to DJ myself. Because I love DJing. That's a little fun trivia. Um, but when things start going wrong with the meat and things need attended to, well, guess what? Who has to do that? I do. So yeah. what happens? We just lost our DJ. Yeah. So, you know, that that became a big issue. And I didn't show anybody else, like, even where the songs were on my computer or anything. So, you know, there was just a period of time where there were no – I mean, there was music playing, but it was just, the, you know, the normal music that you would have at a regular meet, no personalized touch to it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's still, you know, to everybody that, that happened to, I, I'm, I'm sorry, because that's <laughs> still, I still feel bad about that because I just didn't delegate it. And, you know, that, that was on me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of rambling on here, but, but, you know, back to the, where the idea came from again, as, as Patrick Anderson and, you know, we just were talking and we wanted to find a way to, you know, simultaneously promote the top lifters and, and, you know, help them, you know, get the spotlight they deserve. And that's not, you know, that's not to overshadow anybody else, but 
you know, let that be something people strive for and, and work towards. Um, and, you know, also just to present the sport where people can look at it and watch it and be entertained by it. And I, I don't know, were you there in 2016? I was, I didn't get in, I, my first Raw Nationals was 2019. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah, I, I wasn't aware of primetime until 2019 and people told me about 2018 and their primetime session and how it was like it's like it's a it's a desirable thing that you want to do that's what i was describing kamar royster told me in his interviews like dude because i told him like yeah who cares like top like i I don't need to lift at a certain time he's like no trust me you want to lift primetime and then he described it to me. I'm like, okay, that sounds pretty sweet. I'm like, I'm not gonna lie, that sounds pretty awesome. Then I saw it in 2019, and it's it's actually cool that you're describing this to me, with you know the mistakes that were made because I was so impressed by 2019 primetime. As I mean, the meet itself, Raw Nationals 2019 was a smashing success in my opinion. That's really what motivated me to stay in the USAPL was meeting all lifters and that meet. But the primetime session was something so different. I had such a good time as a spectator that I, that I just that was something that I was so intrigued about, and I had and I wasn't even planning on going to the meet all the days. You know, I competed in the morning in the morning session, and then people were like, "You're gonna stay for prime time?" I'm like, yeah, of course. I don't you know I don't have anything going on. And I had such, we had drinks, you know, you got to get the, you, you had drinks at the hotel bar, they had a cash bar. So we were drinking, we were in the stands, we were watching, we were cheering people on, we we're having discussions about powerlifting, you knew what was going on, it felt like a professional sporting event. And then Friday, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go to primetime again. I had even a better time. The next time through, I got my seats, did the same thing, had the drinks going. I had a great time all throughout the weekend, watched every single primetime session, and I, I was, I mean, there's, of course, things that could be done to make it better. And I think that will happen, especially when you were describing, like, how hard it was in 2016 to 2019. And I just, I loved, I loved every second of it. And I think, I think the lifters did, too. I think it was just such a great atmosphere um, at the meet, done at a good time, done around 9, 10 o'clock. So I... Yeah. That, like that's that, that's my experience with primetime was that one meet yeah and you know i guess to a degree I, I was you know i'm always willing to try stuff and if it crashes and burns like you know i tried it and people can be upset with me i guess um, but i think you know i i think that what primetime is is and is is doing now like i think is kind of fulfilling what my vision was like mm-hmm. You know, I tried to do everything myself and it, 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 you know, it didn't work. And I think, you know, some of the things that are done now, like are a result of me screwing up something, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is my contribution. You need my, that. My you do, yeah, you do need yeah. that. Like you can't have a finished polished product immediately. Um, I think yeah. I might have described this on the ESPN conversation. ESPN itself, ESPN, the network itself sucked at the beginning. It just wasn't good. It was not a good product. People thought it was a dumb idea. Like yeah. you're having a whole network based on sports and they didn't have highlights. Imagine yeah. that. Imagine watching ESPN Sports Center and there's no highlights. There's two yeah. guys talking about sports that happened already and you're just watching them talk. Horrible. 
That yeah. sounds terrible. But they progress, and now they're the worldwide leader in sports. And we can't think of a we can't think of a world without ESPN. That yeah, happens it, with everything. Like everything sucks initially. A lot of I mean, professional sports organizations had massive issues when they first started. Uh, the UFC, for example. You know, they were almost banned. They were just almost banned from existing. Actually, they were banned. Mixed martial arts was banned in New York till like five years ago or ten years ago. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like it's they. I mean, talk about some with a really rocky beginning. The UFC was terrible. It was. It wasn't even a good product. It was intriguing, but it wasn't a good product. But they figured it out. They saw the issues that people had. Fixed it, made it more professional, made it more of an athletic competition as opposed to human cockfighting, as it was described right. as. And it's now a pay-per-view event that everyone tunes into, everyone's interested in, and it's a legitimate form of combat and entertainment. And it was not always the case. Yep. And, you know, I just think... Um... It's not out of the realm of possibility that you do have a walkout music, that you do have clips, that you do have a higher produced meet. And... I think a big sign of that that's actually happening is the local primetime meets that are happening. Yeah. Like, ha- have you seen, I mean, I, I have to ask you because, and it's a shame that he's not here to be in this interview, but Steve DeNovi loved the idea of primetime so much that he wanted to put it in the local in the local meets, and he had a whole goal for that, and he really is trying to promote it, and it's happening. He did it with Midwest Primetime, which... He even says himself, it's like, that's not exactly how I wanted the meet to go, but we kind of had to do it that way. And now you're seeing Carolina primetime, Texas Strength Classic had their primetime session. Uh, You're getting the Texas Summer Open in in August, and there's definitely going to be more primetime meets where they're seeing what the idea was, and they're putting their own individual twist to make it their own vision, but also something that's really entertaining for the lifter. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, that that was, that is, I think that's what it's about. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's taking what we already have and just revving it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, how, how do you, like, what have you seen from the Prime, are, are you liking what you see, or is it something that's like, wow, that's actually a really cool development in uh, powerlifting? Um. Yeah, I want to be sarcastic and funny, but I'm not either one. Of, I'm sarcastic, but I was going to make a joke there. No, I love it. I think, I think, I think that you know, meet directors that are willing to. Let me just start with this. It's more work on the meet directors. Mm-hmm. It's way more meet work on the meet directors, and they probably make significantly less money to do that. Um, but it is a much better production a much better atmosphere for the lifters um spectators are going to enjoy it much more so the people that are doing that are doing it because of the love of the sport and the love of what you know they're putting their heart into it um so you know that alone sells me on it mm-hmm. um because you know it's 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 it, that's kind of the irony of, of running meets like in some ways the 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 shittier job you do and the more corners you cut in some ways, the more money you can make. Yeah. Um, but, but people find out real quick, you know, what kind of, what kind of competition you're putting on. Um, so, you know, I, I just think that, you know, I, I, people doing that has, has my respect. I, I, 
I give it two thumbs up if that's what we're if we're, if we're giving it a <laughs> thumbs up system. Yeah, I I think I I really excited to see the development of that because from Texas Saints Strength Classic, their primetime session that was kind of bought up. That was uh, kind of on the spur of the moment because they saw how many lifters were competing at it, and a lot of high level lifters decided to do that meet, and. Yeah. They decided to ramp it up kind of at the last second and did a really good job. And Steve Denovi described it as like it was it was a national level feel at a local meet. Yeah. And I think it, it all has its origin back to that initial primetime session where people are using that, I think, more often. And that's kind of the desired thing. And I think it could be just another development in powerlifting or it, especially in the USAPL where lifters look forward to those type of meets. And it doesn't always have to be nationals. Yeah. And it wouldn't yeah, exist I, without prime, the prime time. Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, I'll say two things here. Um, I think the first is, yes, absolutely. Like, more prime time sessions would be great. More of a national level feel. And I would say the second part of that is then then we need to elevate our nationals. Yeah. You know, and make it even better. Um, because, you know, nationals should be a different level. Um, in, in terms of hype and excitement and things like that. Um, but that doesn't mean that the whole, you know, what, what is it? Rising tide raises all ships or. Yeah. Is that actually this, the quote? Did I get it right? Probably. I get it right. That sounds right. I mean, it, it's <laughs> yeah, factually just, correct, right? Just say, just say, yeah, that's yeah. probably It's good. factually yeah. correct statement. Rising tides yeah. do raise all ships. Yeah. So, you know, as, as meat directors and, uh, you know, some, some meat director somewhere could do something that, well, here, here's an idea. This is a little bit off the topic, but you know, we have, we have uh, two meat directors in Atlanta doing their first meet, um, Jaslyn Pepper and Elizabeth Turner. And they put out a poll to their lifters, like on Instagram, like in your wildest dreams, what would you like to see at this powerlifting meet? Um, and there was a lot of crazy things. I mean, I, I submitted, a lot of crazy things. Cause you know, something like I'd like to have one of those like airport walkways that the lifter like is brought out on. So they don't have to walk to the platform, you know, dumb shit like that, that mm-hmm. isn't really going to be taken seriously. <laughs> um, but I would love to see it for yeah. real. I was, I was serious. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Um, but somebody said, have a, have a microwave at the meet for lifters to warm up their food. You know, like <laughs> okay. I, I've been running meets for, you know, almost, well, since well 11 years and it never occurred to me to do that but as a lifter i'm like hell yeah that's a brilliant idea like how 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 has most, nobody ever thought most, of that before? most gyms have that well <laughs> yeah but a lot of the meets aren't in a gym around oh, here okay. at least. um so people you know don't ha- they go back to their hotel or whatever um so yeah it's just something simple like that. And I just think that I, I'm getting around back to my point. What I'm trying to say is I think a lot of local meat directors coming up with ideas and doing things like that, you know, when things work, like share them because, you know, you know, as, a, as an EC member, like I'm always open to, to awesome ideas to, you know, try to bring to our, you know, more of our higher level meats. And I think, I don't think there's anybody that would say, no, that looks cool, but you know, yeah, we just don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think once you kind of take the lifters opinions in mind, that's when you, you start to getting better developments uh, in the sport because that's, that's who you're trying to please. It's the lifter. Yeah. Yeah. You got, yeah. The, the lifter, 
spectators have to be happy first. Like, mm-hmm. it, I mean, yeah, we, we want, we want to do things for the spectators and, you know, the coaches and everything, but you know, at the end of the day, like it, it has to be about the lifters too. And, and first, I think. Yeah, for absolutely. Well, speaking of that, um, you know, as far as developments in powerlifting goes, you know, two white lights have been really covering the USAPL's relation with the IPF. Uh, we just had Larry Maley on the show. Excellent interview. If you guys haven't listened to it, uh, shared a lot and uh, shared a lot of information that I think every single USAPL competitor wanted to know. Like there wasn't anything like left out there. But I gotta ask you, and we don't have to spend too much time on this, but in the in the eboard on the eboard. What's the feel like on your level? Because I think it, it is going to be deferring opinions based on what the president, Larry Malley, thinks and what you guys think. Um, just in terms of our relationship going forward with the IPF? Is that yeah. what you're asking? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, my feel is, it, so me personally, like, I mean, I 100% want to stay with the IPF. Um, but my issue still comes down to the drug testing thing. Like, you know, we, I, I, it's not worth staying with the IPF if we, if we're told we can't drug test, mm-hmm. you know, cause if you're not drug testing, you know, you're not really a drug free organization in my opinion. Um, so, and yes, there would be testing, but you know, the more testing you do, the more, I'm going to go on a rant, bear with me. <laughs> so, you know, part, part of my, I take things personally sometimes too much. And and this is kind of one of them because I I read this as, you know, they're saying, you know, we have to do all third party testing and it's a conflict of interest to have, you know, referees, drug testing and things like that. But, you know, I, as a referee and as a person that has administered drug tests, like if I have somebody that I'm testing, you know, I'm not going to, my goal is to catch people cheating. Like, so I think what they're implying is that we are going to help people cheat and not actually try to catch them. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Like we want a clean platform. That's the whole reason we're in this predicament right now is because we want to catch more people cheating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think that maybe that's not people's, you know, other outside of the U S people's view of what drug testing means. Maybe it's just checking off a box. No, my, my goal is to, if you're cheating, you know, one, you lied to my face. Basically if I'm the meat director, when you sign the paper saying that you're drug free, I take that personally. Um, you know, if you're, if you're lying and, you know, taking stuff and competing drug free when you're not, then, you know, get the hell out of here. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you know, I, I don't like cheaters. Um, you know, it, it bothers me. Um, Man, I really didn't answer your question. I, no, I, get you, on these I mean, rants, you did. So. I mean, that's a, it seems to be the value, right? That seems to be what the opinion is of the USAPL and IPF talks is really this 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 whole part of drug testing. And yeah. what you said was actually really, I, I mean, it's eye opening because it's questioning the integrity of you guys. That's how I feel. I mean, and I don't, I can't not, speak and to it's not a fair, else, it's, but that's not a fair thing. Is it questioning your integrity? And it's, it is, it is shared, I think with a lot of IPF lifters where they're not exactly sure, um, with the conflict of interest with the referees. And, you know, I apologize to everyone listening who disagrees with me that I don't share your opinion on this. 
because I've been accused of, been accused of sharing my opinion that I think and not giving the other side of things. I'm like, if I, if I actually believe the other side and in favor of it, I would talk about it more, but I think the other side's bullshit. And in this circumstance, if, if people in the USAPL had a conflict of interest or a true conflict of interest, we would just agree with the new bylaw set by the IPF. Like, okay, now we don't even have to drug test lifters. Boom. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, that's, if, that's we, really if we agreed with that, if we, there was a true conflict of interest, we would totally be like, all right, yeah, perfect. IPF, we could, we could have the third-party testing, and we won't test our lifters. But that's the thing. That doesn't exist. The conflict of interest doesn't really exist because people want to catch other people cheating. And really, there's no incentive to cheat over here. I mean, right. you get your sponsorships, whatever. I mean, I can tell you guys right now, it's not that much money. The best sponsorships are not that much money for what they give the USAPL lifter on the highest level. I guarantee you that right now. In other countries, there's a massive incentive to cheat. You know, you get government funding for powerlifting. Right. That's different from us. Like, it just, that's, that's I think, the big culture or the big culture issue and just the value issue between IPF lifters and USAPL, USAPL lifters. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's an interesting point you brought up. Like, you know, that would be, if that was our intent was to get away with cheating, like that don't, in a lot of ways, that would be it would make, route. Yeah. It would make a whole, cheating a whole lot easier if we didn't have to drug yeah. test lifters. And yeah. I it just, I, it's so, it's, it's very, it's comical to me that they think that a, because they're either friendly with the lifters, that they won't pop a guy who's like ranked 17th in the nation in his weight class. Yeah. Just based on the conflict. Well, it's like, okay, if that guy was 17th in the nation in his weight class, he wouldn't get tested anyways under yeah. your mandates. So it's just, you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense on our part. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, you're a guy who's saying that. It still baffles me. Yeah. I, I still. And you're a guy, and you are on the e-board and saying you want to stay with the IPF for that reason. Now, actually, let me ask you this. How how is there a way to get those opinions from the USAPL lifter of, like, what their stance is on just the USAPL and IPF? Because right now the interesting conversation is that I'm having with a lot of lifters is say if the IPF agrees to all the negotiations, be like, all right, you guys, you know, we actually found a middle ground. You guys can test who you want at the local level. Right now, I think with a lot of USAPL lifters, they're just like, eh, can we just leave instead? Like, I don't care if we do come up with a negotiation. Do we just want to get out of here? And I don't know the actual numbers on that, just based on who the lifters I talk to. I know there's, there's still a lot of lifters in the USAPL who want to stay within the IPF umbrella, but has that been, has that been thought about? Just like if negotiations fall through, the opinions of the USAPL lifter right now is just like we just don't want to be a part of the IPF. Yeah, I, th- I think there's. Uh, I'll say this: I, I try to talk to a lot of people. Um, you know, I, I can't talk to the entire membership. There's a lot, um, and I will say this. Um, I've had phone calls recently with people on both ends. And I think, unfortunately, like no matter what, any possible scenario that how the, however this plays out, you know, somebody's going to be mad. Mm -hmm. 
or, or upset and, and probably at, at us. Um, and it's kind of a, kind of a crappy position to be in, but, um, but yeah, you know, we are listening to our membership. Like, yeah. And I think that's, and, and there's, let me just say this, there's avenues for this. So people that want to express their opinion, um, we have athletes reps and you have a state chair. All of those are points of contact. And my, my email directly as well as the entire EC is on the USA powerlifting website as well. So most people, maybe they don't know that, but if you go to usapowerlifting.com and click, uh, I think it's admin, there's an admin button or about us or something. One of those, it's pretty easy to find. I just can't remember the title. It has contact info for all of those people. So like, you know, you know, <laughs> I guess everybody that's listed there, sorry, if you start getting a whole bunch of emails um, <laughs> out of the blue, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I would love to hear from people. Um, and, you know, we, we are considering everybody when we make these, have these discussions and, and have to make decisions. Yeah, I think, I, I actually think something like a Google Sheet or a Google Form of like just sending it out to lifters. And I think now, due to, you know, USAPL being active on social media uh, more, that I think more than ever uh, within these past two to three weeks, I think enough lifters are starting to be vocal about this where they can actually pass around that Google form on what their current opinion is on the USAPL and IPF relations and what they want to do for the future. Because now like my, my opinions and my viewpoints have changed a little bit. And there's a that's been the conversation I'm having with a lot of lifters is, okay, what if the negotiations happen? You guys said you wanted to leave the IPF permanently. What if they find a middle ground? Do you still want to leave? There's a good amount of people who still want to leave in spite of yeah. that. So I'm actually just curious, like, how, like, the pool is with uh, the lifters. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. Uh, what if uh, what if two light whites – I can't talk. <laughs> two white whites does, a, does a, a poll and, you know, people – like a Google form and, and – publishes it yeah we can do we did it i mean yeah we can definitely do that uh as far as and, and, and he, i mean the guy what? i mean the guy to do it is make no mistake steve denovi not this guy <laughs> all right well hey steve <laughs> steve listen up so yeah. let's do this we will steve. converse with it and the unofficial co-host of two white lights as well so joe stanick marcellus williams um and you know possibly sean noriega in there as well kyle miller uh maybe not garrett fear that would just be a random one to throw in there, but um, yeah. all the USAPL unofficial co-hosts. Yeah, I think that's a that's a terrific idea. So I'm going to put this on here, uh, so it's out there. Uh, Steve, I'm talking to you. So let's do this. Let's 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 put together a Google form and get it passing around to all the lifters and make sure they include their name and uh, membership number. And I can actually verify that they're a member, so we can make sure we're counting current members. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think uh, me and King of Lifts had this debate. Just on Instagram polls because we made a quick Instagram poll about it, and I just don't hold any value in Instagram polls. And yeah, with King of Lifts, it was funny because I was like, "Okay, you have a count of two hundred thousand people following you, and you do a poll on if the USAPL should leave the IPF, and the options were should they leave the IPF or would they join USPA or IPF." I'm like, "Okay, well, USPA and IPF lifters are probably going to vote for the latter there." 
there's going to be some people who are just like, I hate the USAPL and I'm not a tested athlete, so I'm obviously going to say the USPA. And then there's going to be a lot of people who just don't give a shit. And the poll was like 51 to 47 percent, and they they kind of ran with it. I'm like, no, that's not a that's not an accurate thing. That's not exactly opinion uh, yeah. to pull from. And the same thing with two white lights. People are like, hey, have you guys put it to a poll? Like, we did, and we don't think 95 percent of people want to leave the IPF. Yeah, like but we it did that. Makes for better storyline, so I'm going to vote for that <laughs> one. So people talk about yeah. it. So, yeah, so so I'm like. Pot. We, I'm like, we did that, and we're not going to broadcast that, hey, based on a, a poll on Instagram, 95% of people want to leave the USAPF, or leave the IPF. Yeah, we know that's not an accurate number. 95% right. of the lifters do not want to leave the IPF. But I think, I do really like the idea of that Google form, though. And yeah, we can get uh, into a lot of lifters' hands, I think. Yeah, and, you know, I, I just think that, you know, people want to have their voices heard. And I think, you know, to some degree, they just don't know how to do that. And, you know, officially like go to the USA powerlifting website and contact your athletes reps. I think that would be the the easiest thing to do. Um, and, and, you know, if, if we're talking going through official channels here, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that would be the, the way to go. Yep. Um, yeah. That's a terrific idea. And that's, that's why I like talking to people on two way light. So we get those ideas and try to make the sport better. Yeah. And, and I guess even more specifically, talk to your state chair. Um, you know, you, you're probably, you know, each state's got, got their probably a little bit different things going on there. So, you know, athletes are up kind of, you know, they can relay information to, you know, the EC and, and stuff like that. And, and just kind of even help sort out what, you know, is a realistic suggestion. Like, like me saying, yeah, I put a conveyor belt on the platform. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for your opinion, <laughs> but that's probably not really helpful. In, you know, right now. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, I just think people are maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it's just, we haven't done a good enough job saying those avenues are there. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, that's, I, I say we and me, me included, like, you know, the, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes and, you know, we, we, we do our best. We really do. And, you know, maybe, maybe we just need to tell people like on two white lights, Hey, our emails are up there. Like you can reach us. Yeah. And I actually think based on just what we've been doing with having more of that informational kind of stuff on here, that more people have been active as a result of that, because it's not like me and Steve and Ovi are, Really, it's funny because we got accused of being USAPL cronies. At times, I'm like, you guys missed probably the four straight episodes that we've had with our criticisms of the USAPL. It's like, we're not, we don't have, I mean, we have our identity as USAPL lifters and coaches, but we're not lackeys employed by the USAPL to, like, spread propaganda about the USAPL. We have gotten it, like... We have gotten that label quite a bit, which is hilarious because that has not uh, been the case for two getting, life. That must mean you're getting to a certain level of, yeah. of success. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I'm like, to be. if but that was the that was the response I had to people was like, if the USAPL is reaching out to us and trying to improve upon the criticism we have, then of course we're going to be happy with that. That's why we complain. Is to have those changes make. And there's a way to do it. Like, you know, 
complaining and, and basically just like throwing rocks and insults and things like that. That's not productive. Like yeah. criticism and, and constructive criticism, like these things would, you know, help because of X, Y, Z and things like that. I, I think you guys did a really good job of just, you know, being blunt and honest. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think with, with all the, even with all the criticisms, like there has always been the thing that, you know, the USAPL has been the best federation for us. And like I, me and Steve have had experience with other federations, not to call those other federations bad. It's like, there's enough good things going on for us not to completely cut ties with them. But also like, if there's something wrong, it was, that was a funny thing that was brought up on King of Lifts. Like no brand loyalty. It's like, I don't want to be loyal to a brand if they're doing things I don't like. Yeah. You know, right. it's not, it's not, a, it's not, you know, it's not the Chicago Bears. It's not the Chicago Cubs where if they make wrong decisions, I will criticize them. It's like, well, I'm, I can't help but to be a fan of them. Yeah. It's not that I could easily leave the USAPL and go to another federation. And if that federation is doing something that you don't like, then it's your total right to leave you don't have to be loyal to it i don't understand but if you're critical of them and they listen to you then that's why you stay with that brand yeah it's like i that that was that was a that's an argument that's been used a lot where it's like well two months ago you were upset with the usapl it's like yeah that happens it it happens that you get upset with the, the federation that you're in and then two months later they did some things that i liked yeah, it's it's a good thing. It's 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 a good thing. That's why those things happen. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. It's you know, but I, and I'll say this. You know, if if you're upset with things or or you want something to be done, like you know, back to my initial how I got started, step up. Like you know, offer offer to help do something or you know, give us a you know, a, a, a really cool idea that can be implemented and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put your name on it. I'll say, Hey, this was so-and-so's idea. Like, I don't <laughs> well, yeah, that's like, that's like 95% of it, right? It's just yeah, you gotta, credited you gotta with the good it. idea that you're the savior of anything. So yeah. And, and, you know, and, and that's why I want to be transparent. Like, you know, I implemented primetime, but it, it, it actually was not my idea initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'll take the credit for it though, if people want, but Oh yeah, of course you got to do yeah, that. But, <laughs> you got to, you got to, you got to leave, you got to have something there. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to be humble and, you know, give the credit to someone else, you still got to take the credit that other people give you. Yeah. <laughs> well, how, so uh, we, I've talked a lot about how much you give to the sport. Is there, when it's all said and done, what have you, what is something that you would like to be known for in powerlifting? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I have multiple answers based on which stage of my, so I would say early on, I wanted to be known as, you know, one of the, one of the best, you know, collegiate lifters ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I was, I was good, but I, you know, I'm, I'm not even, you know, in, in that discussion, but you know, you know, earlier, younger, more cocky people think they think they are. I was one of them. Um, you know, 
then, then when I started running meats, I wanted to be known as the best meat director ever, like put on the best meat. Um, everybody, you know, was going to talk about that forever, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't think that's it anymore. Um, you know, that's still a cool, you know, some people still come up to me randomly and, and, uh, you know, just like, Hey, I was at that, you know, 2016 raw nationals. That was still the best meet I've ever been to. And, you know, that, that means a lot. And I, and I really appreciate that. And, you know, I, I, you know, was proud of that. Um, you know, then there's, you know, the random, the random lifter that, so we had our Georgia state championship this past year, uh, or actually this past, uh, two weeks ago. And I've been the meet director for the Georgia state championship for the, since 2010, no, I'm sorry, 2011. Um, this is the first year I didn't run it. And I had a, a random lifter come up to me and say, Hey, I just wanted to thank you for, you know, running the meet all these years. I always wanted to come up and talk to you, but you're always so busy and stressed out. And I just didn't want to, didn't want to interrupt you. Um, but you know, just, you know, you, you, everybody, all the referees were great and things like that. I think that's what I want to be remembered as, is the person that actually takes the time to, to talk to the people yeah. like at the meets because, you know, yeah, running the meet was cool. You know, running, running raw nationals is cool. Um, you know, being a great, you know, being a good lifter, competing at worlds, that's super cool. But, but, but I guess, having that impact on people, I think was, was really, there's something different about that. And, you know, I had that as a lifter growing up, I had, you know, some of my coaches and some of my training partners, like, you know, like I was very fortunate to be around like people that were really, really good people. And, you know, I, I think that's what I, I want to be remembered as is, is the, the person that, that took the time to, to talk to, you know, say hi and, and talk to, you know, Joe, Joe Schmo person that's, you know, not that high level lifter, but, you know, I want to hear how their meat went. Like, you know, did you have a great time? You know, you know, what could we do differently? You know, and, and I don't know. I just, I think that the, that gets lost a lot. Um, that, you know, you don't have to be the IPF world record holder to, you know, be celebrated. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would completely agree with you, and that's something that's I think an admirable goal, but in way in many ways like more important to the sport than being an IPF world champion. You know, of course yeah. you're gonna motivate, you're gonna get people into the sport, but also so much of this done is on the local level, and if you have a good relationship with your local meet director. And you have great with you know the spotters and loaders and that stuff. That's going to keep you in the sport. That's going to yeah. keep you know it, it's because it's so hard in anything to be the best at something. Yeah. But if you can go and look forward to the two meets that happen a year, I mean, it could be more than two. I'm taking an Illinois uh, standpoint, but yeah. going looking forward to those two meets a year, and that's kind of the highlight of your powerlifting year is those two meets. Then yeah, that's more influential in many ways than being an IPF world champion. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and how many people might that person then, you know, affect, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a snowball effect. And I just, I don't know. I, my, my thoughts have shifted over the, over time and I'm sure they will continue to shift, but I just, you know, I, I'm really enjoying, you know, the, 
you know, I, I've kind of stepped back a little bit from running so many meets. I was running, you know, 10 plus a year. Um, and that's really, it was really fulfilling, but it was really stressful. And I, you know, but it was also, it kind of kept me away from, you know, a coaching my lifters at the events. Cause I'm running them. So like, I, you know, I work with all my lifters year round and then when meet day comes like, well, you guys are going to work with this person. I got to run the meet, you know, and, and, you know, they were always pretty good about it, but you know, it got to a point like, you know, I want to be there in the moments and, you know, the random lifters that, you know, there's a, there's a lifter that had no coach, um, was there kind of by themselves and, you know, didn't really know what to do. Um, just sat there and talked with them for a little bit, kind of made sure they knew what was going on just because mm-hmm. I had, I had the time, you know, if I was running the meet, I would be, you know, I can't talk to you. I got to do this. So what's the, imp- that lifter's impression is the meet director said they don't have time for me. Yeah. And that's, that's not, that would not have been the, the intent of that, but that could have been the takeaway. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just, I, I really enjoy the, having that little extra time at the meets to, to have those conversations. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's always important. I think that's going to be an overall good on the sport that you leave. If that's your mindset going into it, that's going to be just so great for all the lifters who get involved in your meets, get coaching by you. Uh, and just, yeah. And also you have the, you know, the, the educator and coaches too. So you'll be kind of instilling those ideals with the coaches in the USAPL. Yeah. yeah and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there too. I think a lot of people, feel the same way as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but those people are also the ones that are willing to step up and run the meets and step up and be a referee and then don't have the time to do those things. So they're in a lot of ways sacrificing that ability to have those conversations to put on the events and do these things. Um, so this is going to be my plug to everybody that's listening, like get involved, like spot and load, uh, run the score table, become a referee like Angelo, maybe run a meet. That's it. Let's it's, have the. It's in the works. It's in the is works. It's in the works. Yeah, we've uh, we've. Uh, I have discussed it with a friend of mine. Uh, we are totally dead set on getting our you know state referee you know license whatever whatever the steps are for that and you know possibly running a meet within 2021. Um, Steve Denovi, El Alvarado, and I have you know kind of conversed on possibly running a meet as well. So. Yeah, I, I mean, is that's it, something that I never news? thought. Is this with, breaking news or is this, uh, uh, is this already we've, been announced? We've alluded to it before um, as far as the yeah. Alvarado, like Steve Denobi uh, kind of meet. Uh, I don't even really know the specifics of it, but they thought they threw out an idea. And I was like, do I want to run a meet? And I couldn't think of a reason not to. I have yeah. like, that's the thing. And I, it's funny that you say, because I never thought in powerlifting that I'll be that guy to want to yeah. run a meet, to want to become a state referee. And to do all these things, or even have a position in the USAPL. Like, I do want to do all these things now. And that's because I am one of the people who are just opinionated about things. Yeah. I'm opinionated, and I want to see some change. I want to see things the way I envision them. And also, I think I've had such good relationships with a lot of meet directors and a lot of people within the positions in the USAPL. That's, that's, a, that's an important thing, because... Yeah. I think a lot of people have an interpretation that and uh, uh, it, it just really goes on to authority figures. Like, authority figures, there's always this thing, like, there's always, like, kind of a wall there. Yeah. Um, but I've never really been talked down to ever. I've never been, my opinions haven't been shut down. 
and ridiculed or uh, or patronized. I've had such good relationships with so many people who run meets and who have positions in the USAPL that, and they always try to help me too. That's the thing. They always try, and that makes me feel good. Like they always try, like Dennis Brady, um, you know, former state chair of Illinois, you know, he, he trains at Surge, he lives in Chicago, uh, so he's not at Surge often, but, you know, he recognized me from the meet I did. He came to, he's like, oh, so you're doing the Arnold. And then we had a conversation with that. And I was like, you know what equipment they're using? He's like, you know what? I'm going to send an email out to the USAPL and the guy I know out there and see what equipment they're using. So, you know, you could either use the state of the art combo rack over here or the road combo racks. And he didn't have to do that. He did it to help me. Like there was no reason for him to do that, but he's just being such a nice guy and helping me in the sport. And like, yeah, I, of course I want to do that to a lifter. It's cool, you know, giving someone deadlift advice and they know your Instagram page, but also yeah. like doing them a solid and trying right. to help them just be a better competitor or just help them along in the sport and have a good experience. That's that's a pretty cool feeling too. Yeah. And, you know, and I can't speak for everybody, obviously, um, but I my, my experience is that most of the, meet directors and referees have that same mentality of they, they want to help. And I think, I think where some of that authority figure leadership, I guess, divide is, is, you know, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Like when I'm running a meet, like I'm not a person you want to come up and talk to. I'm stressed out because I don't delegate. I already said that. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do everything. And, and, you know, I want, I want the meet to happen exactly perfectly. And, that's that's my main focus so you know if you have a a question about something like normal josh wants to answer that but meet director josh is like you know stressed out and all these (laughs) other things so the more i guess the point i'm getting to is the more people we get involved you know running meets and and refereeing and things like that lightens the load for everybody so that we can actually reveal the person that we are trying to be, I guess. And, you know, I want to be the helpful person, answer the questions and things like that. And, you know, try to be in a situation less often where I'm not able to do that. Yeah. I, yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, It's always at the end of it, it's always helping the sport and giving back to the sport. And like, if you can get more people involved too, that's, that's going, that's going to be the best case scenario for the sport. A lot of people say, you know, there's there's ways to help it, but the more people you can get on board who have that same goal, the sport will grow as a result. Yeah. And that's all. That's, that's I think that's powerlifting's big thing right now is growth. Yeah, more growth yeah. is sustaining yeah. that. And because it, it was great when they had that growth in 2014, 2015 around where there's a massive spike. Yeah, you know, like that was huge for powerlifting, and you have to continue. You have to utilize that momentum and keep it going. Yeah. So yep, I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, we've been talking for close to ninety minutes now, man. This is a great, Thanks. great conversation. Hope to have you on again sometime. Yeah, I had a good time. It was good. Yeah. So, if you guys want to take a follow, uh, follow Team Roar on Instagram. You, you actually do some really cool stuff with your page, so definitely follow that. Uh, probably, I'm obviously going to plug it on uh, Two White Lights. Also, if you guys haven't found out yet, Two White Lights only follows its guests. 
So that's how you find all the Instagram pages of our guests. We only uh, follow our guests, so... That is news to me. I didn't know that. Yes, so it's, you will be getting... Yeah, we don't follow every single powerlifter or, like, every famous powerlifter. Only the people who come on Two White Lights. So people... Actually, people have been asking me, like, why we only follow 90 people. I'm like, it's not an elitist thing. We're just trying to make sure we have all of our guests covered. So, and we, we make sure who we know was on the show and who the listeners want to either follow, so... Um, and you have a podcast too, right? Yeah, it. I don't know if anybody listens, um, but yeah, we do. Uh, it's called Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast. We, uh, you know, I'm a big '80s music fan, so we kind of talk about a little powerlifting, talk about a little '80s rock. Um, uh, who's you know, Who's your favorite band one. from the '80s? Uh, Foreigner. Foreigner. Okay, I can respect that. Does Guns N' Roses count as '80s? That's my favorite. Uh, yeah, yeah. They were yeah. late '80s. Early nineties, yeah, th- yeah, they count. Okay, sweet. Um, That's my favorite band. Yeah, Only concert I, I, I've ever been to is a Guns N' Roses concert, and I'm twenty eight years old. So you can imagine what I saw. <laughs> was it? So, it was in 1992. Obviously, Guns N' Roses. I can, I can one up you. Um, I'm 38, and I saw a Kiss concert in 2019. Oh, wow, they're still doing that, huh? <laughs> they're still doing that. Uh, they were they were my first rock concert I ever saw in 2000, and they were my most recent concert I saw. In, so in, in 2000, it might have been 99, they were doing their farewell tour. Of course. And, and in 2019, like 20 years later, they were doing their end of the road tour. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love when bands do their 9,000 000- farewell tours Molly Crude did that like in 2000 that was my sister's first concert it was very funny because we were young but we wanted to see like Guns N' Roses and Molly Crude in concert in like 2005 where they've been broken up for like ever but that was the bands we wanted to see and everyone's like they're, they're not no so Motley Crue yeah. came they they had a reunion tour and they had like a go with a farewell tour again obviously they didn't say farewell. They just kept, it's like, oh, there's more money if we just tour again? All right, sweet. We're going to keep doing that. Yeah. So this, this is the kind of stuff that we, t- we do on ours. We just BS about, nice. about different different rock bands or whatever and, and sprinkle in some powerlifting stuff. All right, sweet. So be sure to check that out. Josh, thank you again for coming on Two White Lights. Um, Wednesday. We're going to have muscle man Marcus Adudu on the show. Really fun interview with him. So get excited for that. We will see you guys on Wednesday. Peace.